That's right. Three Songs Podcast, episode 137, mm-hmm. November 13th, 2020. Bob Nastanovich, Mike Friday Hogan. Friday the 13th, man. Friday the 13th. How are you Never doing? feared it. Never feared no. it. Friday the 13th. Uh, you, do, you do have some superstitions, though. I'm surprised that you don't have this one. Well, I was, I'm, I was for a long time, I was fearful of the number 13, and then... Um, but not specifically like the day Friday the thirteenth. Although I might keep my gambling down a bit at, at, at times back then, you know. But yeah. then I told you like I switched over to fearing the number fourteen is how I cured my <laughs> fear of my triskaidekaphobia. Right, right, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I fear the number fourteen. I'm not a big fan of thirty four. Okay. Or fifty four. Interesting. So you don't, I don't know like, what it is, you know, because like you know, with all the numbers that bounce around in your head, you, you don't like the uh, odd the numbers that start with an odd number and end with four. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Oh, although I don't mind. I don't mind 1984. Okay. And I'm actually going to play a version of a song that was first created in 1965, a live version from 1984. But that's a little show preview. How come we haven't had a guest in a long time, Mike? We're guestless. We, we, they, we have listeners. Have, we haven't had a guest for a while because you and I have been really bad about committing to what day we're doing it. And we've been saying, how about tonight? How about tomorrow? Well, you know. So right. in, in order to get a guest, we got to say, okay, we're doing it next Wednesday. We've got to schedule a guest. Yeah, like, we've got we to schedule to, a guest. Like, in a nutshell, you, you've got to schedule. we got to schedule right, a guest, well, and we got to stick to If you want to do a guest, like uh, next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Okay. Um, we'll try to find a, find a, we'll try to scare up a guest. Let's Let's do it. Um, if anybody like to be a guest, send me an email at brokerstip1 at gmail.com. The format is pretty easy. Each guest plays three songs. We've got a few guests we, potentially lined up. So, you know. We like to brag about our potential guestage um, to, you know, make us feel like we're on top of our game. That's right. That's right. Like we know people other than um, that we have like lives outside of our coronavirus bunkers. A few, a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you're gonna start it with some vintage punk. Yeah, yeah, a, a definitive punk rock anthem from. I think we've tipped this. We, we have, um, and this is a band yeah, I've wanted to play for a while. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one on after yours. Oh yeah, well yeah, we'll do a quick double bubble. These are quick. Band started in Devon, out there in the West Country. Exeter, fantastic racecourse, and um, the adverts who existed from. 76 to 79 one of the f- legendary punk rock venues of all time the roxy they were pretty much like i think they played there the first week um i'll tell the story afterwards but this is a a complete anthem of late 70s english punk rock london based when they made this it's bored teenagers we're 
adverts. Yeah, man. Like um, crossing the Red Sea with the adverts is to me like um, seven late seventies punk rock in England. That's like that's how it sounds. That's right. That's right. Let's hear that's, another one from that. That's the themes. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go that fast. I'm gonna do it that fast. Then we can talk. Well, I like that. So it's like it's almost like being there. It's, it's like, right. We're in the Roxy. That's right because they were one chord wonders. <laughs> Absolute classic punk rock, and oh yeah, TV Smith on the vocals, um, Gay Black, Gay Advert on yeah. the bass, who's who's credited as being like a complete pioneer, like yeah, if not the first female punk rocker, at least in the UK, mm-hmm. um, which obviously she quickly opened up, rapidly opened up the participation of women in punk rock, right? Um, like, the slits like immediately, and, yeah, um, and many others, yeah, uh, X-ray um, specs. It's Marine girls. Um, And then they, so basically they're out there in Devonshire and TV Smith and gay. And uh, they, you know, just like a lot of bands, they took their ideas to the big city, probably I think to go to art school and they met Howard pickup. They quickly added him on the guitar and uh, Lori driver and off they went and they had a 
pretty immediately had a pretty massive hit on the chart, Scary Gilmore's Eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like the band that only existed from 76 to 79, and then I don't even know if they've been re- reprised. Do you? I don't, I don't know. And they're a band, I mean, that record is so great and so classic, and those songs are so catchy. They're so, there's like anthems that are really super catchy and really well written. And they're, I think they're just one of those those punk rock bands that haven't been rediscovered, really. Um, I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about the adverts when they talk about early British punk. No, it's surprising, actually. Like, I'd forgotten about them myself, and I was in a Zoom chat the other day with, with John MacArthur and two Emmas, Emma Barry and Emma MacArthur, mm-hmm. um, talking about horses and other things. And as the hours passed... Um, John started talking about the adverts, and I was like, holy cow, I haven't <laughs> even thought about them in a decade, you know. And um, so, yeah. I love the adverts. And, yeah, I mean, what more can and you say? record's really hard to get. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been reissued a couple times, but it's not gotten its due. I think it... Well, if you're looking for, like, you know, a very formidable kind of, like, what you call, like, perfect 10, like, late 70s, English punk rock album "Crossing the Red Sea" with the adverts, which came out in 1977, is your ticket. Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's right up there with "Damn, Damn, Damned" and, um, you know, I mean even yeah, yeah, never mind the Clash the, records, never mind know, the Bullocks like, and the early Clash records. It's it's right up there with with pretty much any of those punk rock, you know, early Joy Division, uh, Warsaw, beginning to end. All songs are great. You know, Gang of Four Entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, you take your act north, you know, the early Mekon stuff. I mean, like, they just are definitely one of the best 50, if not 20, if not 10, late 70s English punk rock bands. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I would say an essential record for anybody into early punk. If you don't have that record, you got to go get it. And the thing is, it's not like um, UK subs type punk. It's not like, it's like... You know, I'm sure that like, um, you know, a lot of the punk pop bands, they call them now, like listen to that and have their minds blown, yeah. you know? Right. Because it's not like, it's not that kind of like aggro punk. I yeah. Mean, it's like. Yeah. It's really I mean, catchy. It's not, yeah. conf- it's not that confrontational. I mean, there's, there's an attitude to it, but the songs are just so good. Oh yeah. They're so good. All right. I don't know if we have anything more to say. I think just go listen to that record <laughs> It pause yeah, on no, us. I think it's just like you can listen to it on your thing, and like you're, yeah. you can definitely, you can definitely get it on your. Oh yeah, what it's, do you call? What do you call them? Your things, your streamings. apps to listen yeah. to music. You know, there's dozens of them or whatever. Right, right. It's not, it's not obscure, but it's just one of those records that I think hasn't gotten its due. Um, oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. That's unquestionable. Uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears and I'm gonna go current, and I'm gonna even throw it back to last episode. When you played, um, boy, I forget the name of um, oh Dave Schinderbeek. Dave Dave Schinderbeek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I that record. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail you one. I got one for you. Uh, I actually so, ordered one. I'll mail you that on. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. I ordered I ordered one after the show. I went and listened to the rest of the record. I really liked it. I was just like, I'm just gonna order one. So I ordered one, and he was so nice. The message he sent was, you know, I included some extras in case you have friends that might be interested. So. Um, sounds like not just a good musician, good songwriter, but seems like 
a very nice guy. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, Dave uh, Schinderbeek. Yeah. Looking, so you're going to keep us in Canada? Keeping us in Canada. Uh, a, a current, um, probably a contemporary, uh, or uh, not just a contemporary of, of Dave's, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe even a friend uh, in the same Toronto scene. Daniel Romano, I mentioned last show, he's been incredibly prolific in oh, 2020. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he started his first record, I think he released in 2010, maybe. Um, he's about 35 or so, um, but he really, really ramped it up this year. And his re- he's released, I believe, 10 records. He, st- he put out an album in January. Um couple in March, uh, one in, uh, two or three in April, I think three in May, including this one, another one in July, and then, and then one more this month. So the song I'm going to play is off of an album called OK Wow, and this is part of his group, the Daniel Romano Outfit, okay? And this is, I think this is a live album, the whole album, um, OK Wow, I think was recorded live. Don't quote me on that. Um, this is now, right? This is, two, this is one of the things he's done this year. This is current. It just came out this year. Daniel Romano's outfit, OK Wow, is the name of the album. The song I'm going to pl- play is called Sucking the Old World Dry. <laughs> to trust you
pack a lot into two minutes and 35 well, seconds. That's very, very relentless, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Amazing breakdown in the middle of this. Right! It just breaks yeah. into this, like, free avant jazz thing, and then it just picks right back up. Um, Either they're like, they practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's tight. <laughs> I mean, this guy's tight. like, you said he's made, like, nine albums? You know, like... S- something like that. This, this year. Like, just I know this he's kind year. Of like, he's been around. He's been, like, kind of, like, you know a pretty formidable part of like, you know, the alternative scene in Toronto in for sure. Yeah. For a, for a while. So he's definitely like a household name up there. Yep. I don't know how celebrated he's been in this country. Like, I don't recall him. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he's, he's had to have toured the U S I, I would imagine, you know, that record in particular, I mean, you can kind of hear it there. There's this kind of Dylan esque, you know, like sort of Graham Parker, like, Punk. You know what I'm saying? It, sound, it doesn't sound like this last decade. Yeah, it kind of makes them unique. Like it, yeah. it sounds like it, it sounds like 70s, 80s. I mean, you can't even it's you can't place you can't stamp a time on it. Sure, sure. But the songs cool. the songs are all really good. And does he always recording with a band, or does he do like? solo stuff no he's done he's definitely done some solo stuff um and i haven't heard i mean i certainly haven't heard all of the albums that he's released this year well pretty much it'd have to be the only thing that you listen to this year sounds <laughs> <Right>. like <laughs> yeah. um, but i think I he's mean, he's done some some more like experimental stuff and more almost um i don't want to say ambient stuff but just like different it's not just that big rock sound uh, yeah, like yeah i was gonna say that's got a big rock sound yeah but um, I'm saying, like, he must have, like, I wonder what he... I always wonder about musicians like this, like, people that write, like, 100 songs in a year. Like, is he just, like... Um, his mind just must be always just, like, churning out music. I, I, I don't mean, know. Yeah, I would I would assume so. I mean, because or... usually, like, I think most people, like, kind of self-edit. And it's interesting to... You know, I think it's, like, part and parcel of these days, not specifically, like, these times with COVID-19... But I'm saying, like, um, you know, just like with, a, with the ability to make music and just go ahead and slap it on your Bandcamp page, and then, sure, sure, and then if you want to take it to the next level and actually make it, everything just goes up. You know what I mean? Sure. And like I understand that he understands. He gives his customers like one hell of a deal. Sure. I mean, and, like, and the stuff that sticks is the stuff that you release on vinyl or whatever. Um, and, you know, I think that there have been some artists, not that, not, you don't want to say that COVID has been a positive for anybody necessarily, but I think there are some that have kind of thrived in the isolation in and focused on their craft and focused on releasing and recording and experimenting with sounds. And I think there are a few that I can think of. He's sort of the top of the list as far as that goes. Yeah, and all the same too. Like I think it's like a lot of frustration for artists who want to play live shows so they can get their that this is what they can do. Right. It's you the, know what I mean? It's like, the creative like we can't play live tonight in Vancouver or in Chicago. Right. So we're gonna let's just like I wrote these songs and like you know, it's like I wonder how many bands like even like have actually if they have a practice space or um, a, you know, a home recording studio, just like pretend to do live. Obviously, yeah. and see, I haven't really watched that much. I haven't watched that many attempts at like recreating a concert on the internet. 
um, right. whether it's a big artist or a small artist. I know that there's been a lot of people doing that. Right. Um, but uh, he probably has. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know about, you know. It, it's, it, I don't know. It's possible, entirely possible. But, um, but well, yeah, check him out. It's like feeling like um, they're, they're not productive this year, then um, Dan, the Daniel Romano 2020 story is even going to make you feel less productive. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, the relentless Daniel Romano, who does not have, like, it sounds like a, um, it's, it's, I mean, he, it, it, he, yeah, it's, he doesn't have a rock and roll name. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, he'd be like in outside of Philadelphia, like, Get on down to like Daniel Romano's used car lot, right? You know, like yeah, he's he's like that's like the name of the kid who sat behind you in in you know English class or whatever. Yeah, like what is it a postcard man like little groovy Dave Schunderbeek? You know, like <laughs> he could be from like he could be from Nyamagan, you know, yeah, exactly, <laughs> or Groningen. You know? He's uh, from Toronto, yeah, or you know, not like Canada man. Like Canada's one thing that like. I th- I'm really happy that um, we played a bunch of Canadian artists because, like, even though they're just like, I'm not even that far. I'm yeah. way closer to Canada than I am to you. Yeah, um, that's true. And, and so am I. There is like a certain separation between. It's interesting, like, the Canadian music that is huge in Canada that makes no impact in the United States. Like, whereas this guy might be, like, you know, pretty well known, at least. Right amongst like people with their finger on the pulse of like you know what's going on in like underground music or whatever or you know however you want to put it um and like what actually like makes it down here it seems like right. in order to like be big in the u.s if you're canadian you almost have to be really big mm-hmm. well like the tragically hip have you heard them they're one of the biggest canadian bands ever yeah i mean i've heard Huge. of them and i know that they've made an impact and there's that I mean, there's some really famous ones. Um, there's that woman, that singer, what's her name, Sarah? I can't remember. She's really famous. I'm talking like years back now. Yeah. But like, it is like, it's almost like they could be from somewhere in Central Europe, sure. even though they're just from Canada. Sure. You know, yeah. We could do like a whole Canadian show. We haven't played Sloan. I think they're from Nova Scotia, aren't they? I think so. We haven't played the Hampton Grease Band, aren't they from Canada? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like you know. Actually, they're the era that I'm going to pivot to now. Well, not really. They're they're not that they're, old. No, I think I thought Hampton Grease Band was from Atlanta. Uh, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting them mixed up with somebody else. But uh, yeah, I think Hampton. Though I could be totally wrong too, but I'm pretty sure they're from Atlanta. Okay. You're probably right. We don't want to step on a lot of toes there because Hampton Grease Band. I think that gentleman sadly passed not too yes. long ago. Yes, he did. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take us to New York City. That's right. Mid '60s. Um, two very famous poets, Ed Sanders, who had a bookstore, and Willie Kupferberg. Um, I think they kind of started their their band. Actually, I know I know the band name comes from their love of Norman Mailer's The Naked and the Dead and um, The Fugs, man. Fugs' first album. I know that Ken Weaver was quickly recruited to join the band. It's like big thing in the mid to late 60s in New York City. And they were around for a while. And um, I think they kind of like, like a lot of great poets we've known, uh, um, kind of like use music and use rock and roll 
as lifting themselves off of the pages of a poetry book, which it's kind of a way to present yourself and open up doors to people reading your words or hearing your words. Sure. And um, the Fugs were one of the first to do it. And this is a song um, called Nothing that first appeared rather famously on their 1965 album, their first release, the Fugs' first album. And I'm going to play a 1984, and I think um, Ed Sanders will will explain. So I'll say nothing more. It's a live version of Nothing by the Fugs from 1984. This is a song uh, from our first album that's truly, 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 truly applicable to 1984. We've changed the lyrics, or the master... uh, the Noel Coward of the 80s, uh, Julie Coverberg, <coughs> has uh, adapted it for the times. But you can sing along with the first verse, they're the same. We want to hear you sing with us. Monday, nothing. Tuesday, nothing. Wednesday, and Thursday, Eisenhower, dopey, nothing. Johnson, Nixon, humongous pricks, and Reagan, atomic death, nothing. And Karl Marx, nothing. Trotsky, nothing. Bakunin and Kropotkin, nothing. John Stewart, Bill, Stalin, less than nothing. Idiotics, nothing. Semiotics, nothing. Wittgenstein and Russell, nothing. Jump all solder, dead old fodder. Is Heisenberg or is he not? Nothing. Jesus Christ, nothing. Barkova, nothing. Muhammad and Krishna, nothing. Buddha, nada. Quayle, dada. Even John Lennon now is nothing. The bottom line is nothing. MTV is nothing. Hollywood and PBS, nothing. The giants of literature, giants of nothing. Lettering and spittering, nothing. Marriages, nothing. Ain't divorce, something. Well, having kids is nothing. They all grow up and leave you anyway. Lost sons and daughters of nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. Absolutely nothing. Like, think about um, Thule. Thule, yeah. 
Right. 2010, he passed the age of 86 years old, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he covered it there, didn't he? Cover, he covered he covered he, he covered them all. Yeah, he he sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got he got his digs in at Reagan. He got his digs yeah. in. At, oh, the Reagan got off easy, I think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He went through, went through the entire gamut, and I think that like um, it's almost anthemic. In 2020, obviously, he didn't live through this. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like. It'd be interesting uh, what a 96-year-old um, Thule Kupferberg, Ned Sanders, would think of all of this. Right. <laughs> Not to mention Ken Weaver and the lads. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, uh, and they were so, like, you talk about, er, like, pre-punk, you know, their attitude was very, you know, they were bohemian, but they were more punk in, in, what, oh, we think of, in what we think of today, you know. I mean, their approach was... Just by calling them, them the themselves the fucks right like which essentially like they meant the fucks but they wanted to like pg-13 it right you know? absolutely they would have and could have you know a few years later been very much a part of the punk rock movement they were just born 10 years too early i think they more. were part of the punk rock movement though in a lot of ways yeah you know, like i think they would like do poetry readings sure like you know that kind of thing and like perform and yeah. stuff like that but like i always think of like when I lived in New York and, and when I first started to visit New York City in my, you know, around the age of 1920, then I saw names like Elliot Sharp and Tully Kupferberg and Ginsburg. And, and I just thought like these, like Tully Kupferberg, like, does he ever leave New York City? <laughs> Keep in mind, I was only there from 89 to 93. But like, to me, it's just like, that's as New York City as it gets. It is. It is, you know, Abs- <laughs> ab- yeah, like like him and Tom Verlaine, yeah, Tom Verlaine. I mean, you know, Lou Reed, Lou Reed, you know, like, for sure. Um, even like you know Thurston. Yeah. I mean, even you know the you know the Sonic Youth people, like mm-hmm. the Yola Tango, like mm-hmm. and Hoboken. Mm-hmm. Like I just think like, and obviously all these people like, you know, they travel a lot and they toured around the world. And, like you know, whether they're doing poetry or making music, but like they are so much more New York then even if I never left New York, right? Like I could never be anywhere near as New York as they are. Right. Even though like my mother's from central New York and my father's from Perth Amboy, New Jersey, I could never be that New York. Sure. And like, I, that's the amazing thing about most people in New York or LA or even Portland or Seattle, or even where I live here in Des Moines, like, um, or even Richmond where I grew up, like I've never really felt like a huge part of any city you know, Louisville, I've mm-hmm. never felt, a, you know, lived there for 14 years, never felt a huge part of that city, you know, like a huge part of that city compared to Ethan Buckler, or Will Oldham or Britt Walford or George Wethington, you know, um, it's just like, it is interesting, like living here, like Pat Fleming, like or Greg Meisters from Iowa, like it is interesting, like how, like, do you feel like that you're a part? I've never felt like I was really a part of any scene, Charlottesville, Richmond, anywhere I've ever lived I'd actually feel as much a part of Hull in England as any city in the world. And I've spent, you know, 300 days of my life there. You know, it's just like, have you ever felt like you're a part of a scene? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, in a weird way, like, I could see how it's easy to become a part of the scene in New York because New York is very much its own world. You know, when I moved to New York... Um, 2013, 
I I don't. But you were a dad already. You were already. A that's dad. true. Like you, that's that's. You weren't like you know. You weren't like free to roam the scene like I was in '89. Like th- that's true. But I I guess I guess my point is that New York is so contained. You know, like when I was in well, London is too. You know, like all cities are contained. And well, is ex- more contained than New York. Yeah, but like, like okay, hear me out. So when I was in the Bay Area in the college. I would I would drive. I, I was at Santa Clara University. I would see shows in San Jose. I would see shows in Santa Cruz. I would see shows in San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley. I would drive all around, and there were all these like little mini scenes in each of the different little pockets. Okay, sure. In yeah, in that's where, the Bay Area, right? Whereas New York is like I moved to New York in 2013. I probably did not leave the island of Manhattan for a good 18 months. And I think the first time I left the island of Manhattan was to really just, like, go upstate, you know, like, drive upstate. Um, But you can, I mean, and I think from anywhere else I've lived, that's completely unique. Like, I've never lived in another city where everything you need is within a few miles of you. You know, and there's almost no reason to leave unless you're consciously deciding, I want to get out of this place. Right. Like, I think about New York. Like, I think about, like, my closest friends in New York, Mark Eibold and John Hennigan. Okay. And they are total. I mean, John, uh, Mark's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, but he's been in New York forever. And yeah. he's still there, like, you know, over 30 years. Like, he is a New Yorker. I've, well, I guess it's just weird, like, even the smaller places I've lived, like where I'm sitting today, like I guess I've always felt like a transient and an outsider. And like, even like, you know, the bands I've been in with, you know, pavement and silver Jews, like relentless outsiders. Like there is like Stockton doesn't exist for anybody. Yeah. I think that was always like kind of a huge advantage of pavement. Like we're from Stockton. Right. 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 But we weren't, I mean like the band started there and stuff like that. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, there wasn't um, like a scene. There wasn't, you know, I mean, we, we, we talked about Daniel Romano playing, you know, like being in Toronto. He's probably connected to a scene. New York certainly has a scene. I, I doubt that there was really a Stockton scene that, that Malcolmus and, and Steve... That's Chris Isaac and Pavement, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Otherwise, you know, nobody would know anything about it other than University of Pacific. Sure. You know, the yeah. Pacific Tigers basketball team when they've been... You know, it's just like, it's just weird, like... Even Richmond, like, I just, and Charlottesville, like, I've never felt, I mean, I've known people that, you know, live in Athens, and that's, like, a tiny college town, or Charlottesville, like, mm-hmm. and they, but they've stayed, like, in Charlottesville, like, um, it is weird, like, how life works, and your need to, like, move about and stuff, like, and even when I came here, like, there's not much of a scene, but, like, it, it's already established, and, like, you know, Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I've always I've always been an outsider here. Like, right. you know, there's, it's just strange. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always scene dynamics, you know, and there's always a Nashville, little bit of, like, I lived there briefly, completely never felt. It's, it's like yeah. you never really feel like you're entirely at home. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think even even the many of the people within the scene feel that way too, you know. It's, it's, it's just, it's always this weird dynamic that's never completely comfortable, but... You know, I mean, in the best of scenes, they're pretty welcoming and open and encouraging. And, um, you know, I think of Olympia, which probably had a bit of 
rivalries and tensions and whatnot. But well, see, tiny town. It's a t- tiny yeah, town. Yeah, tiny like, town. You know, tons of artists and musicians. You exactly. Know? Tons of artists and musicians, all different styles of music and styles of art, seemingly encouraging others to do their thing. You know, yeah. I think... Where you're sitting now is just like there's a myriad of things that would be like you know would be going on like culturally sure. like Portland's one of like for sure the scenes of America sure. big style for like, sure it, but what it is is what I've seen is that there's there's many little scenes there's like the noise Portland scene and the electronic Portland scene and the rock scene there's 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 a whole bunch, and sometimes they cross-pollinate, and sometimes they don't. And it just kind of depends on who's hanging out with who and who's dating who, and you know, like, and that's where the scene politics come in. But um, it's interesting, like with Louisville, because like I, I first moved there from New York, and you know, kind of was like treated in this way, like, what's this guy doing here? Sure, like you know, a lot of a lot of skepticism. And Louisville's like that compared to Nashville. Sure. Nashville's like a little more welcoming. And then like I went and DJ there with um Lucy played and I was playing with her, Lucy Arnell, and um I DJed with my friend Mary Fout and Ethan Buckler, um, mm-hmm. from King Kong, like he came and he told me like when you first came here, you were the first person from out of town that ever came here. <laughs> and uh and now like now like I'll meet people. I don't nobody's from Louisville anymore. Yeah. You know. Huh. And that kind of meant a lot to me. Like ninety three, like I was almost like, you know, the first outsider. You were like a pioneer. And there was like a, there was a certain amount of like proving ground there. Sure. You know, like. Of course. You know. Absolutely. And I mean, I'd like to thank Britt and Charlotte Walford for like making me feel at home there. But like, um, and then, you know, loads of people I've met, like, you want to go back. Like, it's just strange. It's just a strange. I mean, it's weird. I don't mean to delve too much into myself, but I guess I already have. But it is always weird to feel like you're not that guy, like. Sure. I mean, how does how does like Ira Kaplan from Yola Tango like not feel like he's a huge part of Hoboken? He does. Yeah. But he's I don't like feel a... like I'm a huge part of like any town. Even, sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I I I get that, but you know, that's okay. It's okay. You do your thing. Like, what do you think of like Portland? Like, I mean, I don't like Janet Weiss, like or Joanna Bulma. I'm. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just those think like people. they're Portlanders. Like, sure. You know, like, sure. Sure, but they're. Uh, it's Portland's I don't even think, big like, enough. Malcolm at this point, like he's a like he's been there so long now in Portland. Like he's right. definitely part of the Portland scene. He's like you know, the Jicks have existed for twenty years. He's part of the Portland scene. Sure, sure, but like I think Berman, like you know, like he never felt like he was part of a scene. Yeah, no, I mean you know Nashville like, maybe, but you know who knows scenes scenes. Eh, I don't know. Like they're. I've never been a scene stir. At, you know, at, like. at their best, what they do is they encourage collaboration. Right. right. No, you're totally right. But at the same time, like that whole thing, like, oh, yeah, he's a scene stir. Like, he shows yeah. up everywhere. Like, or she. Or, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, she's just, you know, at everything. She's been around forever. Like, you know, it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, I'm sure it's it's in every country. Sure. You well, know, it's in every country. Like, everything with, you know, I mean, I'm sure you could have the same conversation in Australia, if you lived in Sydney, then Melbourne, yeah. then went to Auckland for a for few sure. years. I mean, Dunedin's like as seen as it gets. Yeah, for sure. Let's go yeah. to Detroit. It's a tiny town. Let's talk about the Detroit scene. The Detroit scene. Like, it's a scene. It is you a know, scene. Like, and I mean, like, like, Jack White, is he more like, is, he's no, no longer a Detroit scene, sir. He's like, uh, he's a like Nashville, Nashville now. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
Mick Collins of the Gories and the Dirt Bombs. But even b- b- before that, you know, let's go back. To, I'm going to play an artist, Hamilton Bohannon. Uh, he was from Georgia. He moved to Detroit, played in the Detroit scene, played with many of the Motown acts, Stevie Wonder. And he stuck around there after Motown went to L.A. And he made his own band, made his own records, and was kind of a godfather of disco. Disco scene. Disco scene, yeah. But not the slick New York. What does York. that mean, though? I'm not really I, sure what that Yeah, means. I don't know. I don't thing. know. Like, really, like, rhythmic funk, you know, um, soul. There's not disco tax. Not the, yeah, not the super slick disco that you'd hear in like some of the New York clubs, like Studio 54. This is kind of more like Detroit. Um, well, I'll, I'll play it, you know. Yeah. Instead of describing it, I'll play it. Uh, from yeah, his yeah, yeah. from his debut record. And, and Someone familiar. We lost Hamilton earlier this year. He passed away. Um, but let's honor him with, with a song from his first record called Stop and Go. This is kind of the title track. It's called The Stop and Go. Um, and anybody who knows that, Tom Tom Club song, uh, Genius of Love. They say Bohannon, Bohannon, Bohannon. It's a tribute to to him. So here you go, Bohannon.
So I guess they call that disco, but I mean, it just sounds like an instant party to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do they all sound like that? Because I'm not cool enough to know who <laughs> Hamilton is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to like, some extent. That's like, like, is that obscure? He's kind of obscure, isn't he? Uh, like, no, no, no disrespect. But I mean, I, you know, I would. It's not my expert genre. Somewhat. I mean, like, I wouldn't say he's super obscure, but, I mean, he's not uh, one of the... I mean, he's a, he's a legend and is known to those in the know, but he's he doesn't really kind of transcend those in the know, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Let me ask you a personal question. Like, sure. Like, how did you hear about him? Um, you know, I he's somebody that I'd heard about years ago. You know, I mean, like I mentioned... Hamilton the, Bohannon. Like, the, did you have a disco connection? Like, I just, like, want to tap into your disco past. Did I? Not not really. I mean... Like, those, like the big hits and I, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I always liked like cool in the gang. Chic and Cool in the Gang and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think I'd heard his name. I checked out a little bit of stuff. And then when he passed away earlier this year, I, I dug into a couple of his albums and just oh, okay. really been digging him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not an expert. But, uh, you know, he's, I think, you know, pretty formi- formidable in the genre and... You know, he was it's working amazing, with you know, it's an amazing sounding piece of music. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like next time you DJ, Bob, if if you're getting people out on well, the yeah, dance floor, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, you never know. Next time I DJ, that but, will that will get people moving. And he was so you never know. Like the guitar, you know I mean? like, guitar on that was Melvin Wawa Watson. Wawa is, <laughs> I mean, an appropriate nickname for that. Everybody was so cool um and you know he was working with on on that record uh ray parker jr wrote one of the songs run it on down mr dj which is which is actually one of the ones with vocals really good you know the whole album's really good um it's it's maybe not quite as amped as that one um there's some mellower parts you play the full-on one you play the full-on one. i i just i i wanted to get it going you know yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, rev the engines. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, rev, rev the rev engines. The engines. Um, well, it is 27 degrees here, so I do appreciate that. you got to keep it warm. Thank you very much. I'm going to play my last song of the show. It's a brand new artist from Bristol in England. Great city. And um, it's a really cool sounding song off of her brand new album, Return. It's called Fix Me Up. And I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you what I know later after the song.
noise going on in my right ear is that good <laughs> yeah that was good no but like katie j pearson band right katie j pearson that's what a rising pop star sounds like in the uk my friend richard walsh who's a really good guy that i've worked with a lot putting together tours in the uk very very helpful kind man and uh i think he's very close i don't know whether he manages this band but he's definitely close friends with all of them and like they're definitely have i think they this is the rest like a recipe for success okay you yeah. got sure you know it's got she's got a lot of charisma mm-hmm. and she's really cool she has an amazing voice and then you've mm-hmm. got like elements of things from the last 20 years i mean there's in recent years you know a bit of a courtney barnett feel mm-hmm. a bit of a Musically, like a bit of a Bell and Sebastian feel. It's very poppy. It just sounds like something that's going to be big in 2020 or 2021 UK pop. Sure. But there, there is that like noise bit. Like I was catching some noise, definite noise guitar going on, especially at the end there. No, definitely. I'm saying like it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's not incredibly cool. Yeah. Which it is. And she's, you know, well, it, very dynamic. It's not overly polished, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's a sheen to it, but there's still like this bur- burbling noise underneath. And that... it's not like teeny bop. Yeah. It's like very adult. Yeah. You know? Like it's mature. Like it's got, I'm like sure it. they kick ass live, the band, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, it sounded tight. I liked it. It was good. I just um, think it's like a formidable new entry in the UK. Like, like if there was like the festival season, like she'd be like middle of the bill and like the kids would be coming out to see her it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big thing yeah and i i only heard it heard of it in the last few days well it's good the album came out today it just came out today yeah exactly um i mean it's just like one of these things where like who knows i mean it's a great song she didn't like you know i've listened to seven of her songs they're all like very well crafted and like you know very very listenable in a good way like so there's enough twist in there but also like i can hear that being played on like the radio in england i think Mm -hmm. it was actually featured on radio six right off the bat yeah it's definitely very radio ready for sure 
But oh yeah, not which is you know no problems there. Yeah, I mean, like not in a bad way. Um, yeah, they've been doing their thing for a few years. You know, yeah. Like, well, so, anyways, KDJ Pearson on Three Songs Podcast. I, I like that. Um, I want to play something current as well, but it also includes a bit of a throwback. So I want to play a band that just put out a record. I think it might have come out yesterday, today, last week. I don't know. Very recently, brand new album from um, another UK artist. The band is called Adult Adult Life. Yeah, it's Adult with a K. Chris Rally's vehicle. Yeah, A D U L K T Life. Adult Life. Adult yeah. Life. Um, they put out an album called Book of Curses, just came out, very good record, and Chris Rowley, uh, used to be in Huggy Bear. Yeah, I knew him, you know, quite well. Yeah, and you, you tour managed Huggy Bear for one tour, right? I did, yeah, six weeks in the United States of America, yep, starting in Olympia. With the Frumpies? The the Frumpies, yeah, Yeah, fantastic. I met a lot of great people on that tour, so it was, you know, really sort of important six weeks of my life and uh, um i mean i established like friendships with people that i was fans of back then in 93 i mean toby vale kathy wilcox molly chris himself from adult life karen the drummer joe nicky dirty i mean it was just it was an amazing like 15 person toby put it all together but it was just an enlightening experience and i was just like the guy driving Huggy Bear around was a roadie and the merch guy. <laughs> it was fun. It was like something to do between Slane and Shannon and Crooked Rain for me. I was living <laughs> in Louisville. I rented a car. I drove out there and I met 100 people in six weeks that I otherwise would never have known personally. And there's no better way to sort of like get to know people in every way, shape, and form than like being thrust into a situation as a driver slash tour manager on like the 15 person rolling ball. Of the sure. tour. So anyways, sure. adult life, Chris was like essentially like the lead singer of Huggy Bear. And um, this is, I can't, he's been dormant forever and you're going to play a song off of his brand new record. Yeah. But let's, let's first play something from Huggy Bear from 93. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Huggy Bear. So like back when I was on tour with them, um, this is a song they played every night. It's from a seven, I think just about everything they did. I think they have a twelve inch, but there's a huge amount of seven inches that um, Gary from Weech put out. And this is on a seven inch EP called "Kiss Curl for the Kids Lib Gorillas, and it's called "Concrete Life" with Chris on the lead vocals. One, two, three, four. Wasn't some sick fantasy 
the mellower side of Huggy Bear. Um, yeah, well, that, they played that every night. I think they'd usually start their encore with that, or the or the first song of the set, and then they'd go into punk rock mayhem. Right. I'd and, rather uh, cut my arms off than see you going out with him. Yeah, exactly. Cut <laughs> my eyes. I thought arms or eyes. Uh, arms. Uh, I think, yeah, arms. I think it's arms. Arms. Yeah. yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, you've got better ears. <laughs> um, um, but he was a like definitive, excitable boy, even though he's older than me. He was like 28 at the time. And then like, they just stopped like yeah. in their early nineties. Like they just stopped being a band and went their own separate ways. And like, it's interesting to read about Chris. Now he's 55 and he's been working for, he's got a 13 year old and he's, um, he's been working for children's charities forever. And I don't, I just thought like he would always stay in. Cause like he was just so pumped about, the nervous energy was amazing, and he was just so pumped all the time. Yeah. You know? And about being out on the road, it was so exciting for him. And I think he's, you know, he got into the slits when he was like a, maybe preteen, you know, and like mm-hmm. he was just like so into it. And he was a bit of a Luddite. Like he was like kind of like anti technology and stuff like that. I just, it's just interesting that he's got a re entry into music through adult life. Yeah. Which I haven't heard yet. So. Brand, brand new, just came out. Um, Book of Curses is the album. I want to play a song. You know, he's still, based on this record, he's still an excitable boy or an excitable man now. But uh, to me, tell me what you think. There's a little bit of a circus lupus vibe to it. Whoa. Uh, yeah. That's an obscure reference. Yeah. Well, um, which we it's a band we haven't played yet. I've been meaning to play at some point. Um, but I don't know. Tell me what you think. This is Room Context is the name of the song, Adult Life from Book of Curses. Thank you. 
adult life. Well, I certainly didn't think it would sound anything like that. <laughs> so I thought I I heard plenty of like Shudder to Think. Like a, yeah, yeah. The guitar player could have been Nathan from Shudder to Think. Shudder to Think. I, I, you know, I and I see your Circle Sleepers thing with like the spiraling mm-hmm. mayhem mm-hmm. in the back. But here's one funny thing about that: I guarantee you that like probably Chris has definitely never heard either of those bands Shudder to Think or Circle Sleepers. Really? I'm not, I'm just guessing. Okay. I mean, interesting. You know, I got no way to. I'm not probably figure out a way to get in touch with him, but like, um, he's a very clever, very quick witted. I'm sure he's he's an amazing interviews. He's a very he's unique individual. Yeah. Okay. And um, he definitely was not like anybody else. He was so. I don't think a day went by where he would he would be like, I can't believe I'm here. I'm just like so pumped to be here. It's just so pumped, like to be in America. You know, like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like playing mm-hmm. in a rock band, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I enjoyed that energy, you know, and, um, but he's just, uh, definitely like, I, I, it was even interesting reading a press clipping about adult life. Like he's only got a cell phone, like in the last year or two, <laughs> and he's got a 13 year old kid, like, you know, yeah, which is mind blowing for most people. Right. I mean, right. So he's probably, he's probably not on Twitter. He's probably not on Instagram. We probably can't. He might have him. to be now with like adult life. Maybe. So like that's not a big, like that's not a like kind of. It's a good I mean, record. It's a pretty big production. I thought it would be like um, more like not as like polished and big sounding as yeah. that. No, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good record. Um, are all the songs kind of like that? Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of heavy-ish. Yeah. Like, I mean, I could, I could, you want to, want me to play another? Want me to go out with another? Sure, if you want, yeah. Um, we'll say goodnight now. Okay, Let's play another one from adult. We played, you know, three, and Chris is there. You go. It. Yeah. Well, this one's called Talking Hits. It's it's shorter, two minutes and twenty nine seconds. Um, we'll go out. Like, with there's this no one. way, even though he hasn't been at a band twenty five plus years, it doesn't. I'm sure he's listened to tons of music. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Guides like with the turntable and records. I mean, one of the al- one of the songs on the album is called "Flipper," which I'm imagining I, uh, maybe it, maybe is not, but he would I'm, definitely know Flipper. I'm guessing is named after the band. Um, yeah. So yeah, this one's talking hits, adult life. Strong word, gonna learn how to 
I think I said talking hits. That's taking hits. It's very tight. It just sounds so American. Like this guy's so English. Like it's just like. It's just... <laughs> I didn't. It's like I just didn't expect it to sound like that. Like, it's, not that it doesn't sound good, but like I feel like I just went to the Reading Festival and saw like you know two of the bands on the main stage in the late <laughs> afternoon. Like Katie J. Pearson, here's Adult Life. Yeah, know? I mean it's a good record. Like I, I th- this like, is up, up next is the AAS reunion. This is yeah, this like, is a band I could see in a different age if we were actually able to see live music. I could see them. Just... I almost think that, like the guys in the band, the other guy. I think it's all dudes in the band. Yeah, and like it's almost like he's like mates with one of them, and like they had a band, and like he was just like I'll sing, right? Because he is like very much like a singer spokesperson, as you know, not an instrumentalist. Yeah, they were in um, a couple of the guys in the band were in a band called Male Bo- Male Bonding before, and one of them I think played with Shopping. So, um, you know, they, they've got some... The Brighton scene. Yeah, they've got some, uh, you know, tentacles into the scene, but tight band, really good record. The whole thing, start to finish, is, is well, great. What label is that on, do you know? Um, it's on that label, um, God, it, uh, when, okay. we had, when we had Tracy on, um, she played, oh. remember when she played a song... Uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I do, but I don't because, like, that seems yeah, like a year um, ago. It's it's one of her la- the the labels that she played, and I'm I'm drawing a blank. Um, wreck your, I don't know, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. She she went on and on about how like, and I was unfamiliar with the label about how, like how perfect every single thing they put out is. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. What, what, oh, sorry. Say that about Broker's Tip. What's broader, what's like, what's your rapture? That's the name of the label. Yeah, that's what it was. Like she yeah. was just like the, you know. I think she's probably got the entire output. Like she said, <laughs> right. "What's your rapture completest?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, they put out like you know, parquet you courts get, and you know, comic games. Tracy Wilson back on the show. We could have. We, all, she's always welcome. Yeah, like the welcome. circular nature of things, you know, the turntable report. Like, I guarantee, like, you could do a podcast with her every night. She's got <laughs> loads of material. She does. She's loaded. For sure. For sure. Although I noticed, like, lately that she's been getting back into, you know, her roots a bit. That's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. But we do that on the three songs pod. We do. We go. We go back and forth. You know, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna play We're some. Try to be cool, man. I'm gonna play some '80s college rock. In the future, so yeah, Miracle Legion. Uh, maybe uh, no. I was, th- I was thinking dump. dump <laughs> I might play some dump truck. <laughs> oh, yeah, dump truck. There, I've seen them a couple times. They're great. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it on a future. I'll play show. some. I'll play some. Did I play DBs? Uh, you did play DBs like way early. So you, amplifier. You, yeah, you're you're able to play more DBs if you'd like. Um, well, I've got more songs. Yeah. For sure. So how's that work? Like a hundred episodes go by, and you can play things from the first thirty or something. Sure. I'm not going to Sure. We don't. We don't have any set rules. You can play whatever you want. <laughs> There's no rules. There's no rules. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Bob. It's been fun. Yeah. Sorry about all the technical difficulties. That's today. okay. The, they will be happens. edited out. Most people will not realize how many technical difficulties we had tonight. So. Yeah. Make um, me sound cool. I, I I will say this. I keep forgetting to say this, but I'm going to say this. This is how I'm going to end the show tonight. If you liked us and you like the show, think about leaving a nice review for us on iTunes. Has there been bad reviews? No, there haven't been. There have been no. Think about leaving a. If if you don't like us, think about leaving a bad review. By all means, like I would love to hear a bad review. Um, 
Yeah, go for it. I mean, but yeah, I mean, we haven't had a review in like six or seven months. We've had a lot of oh, really, really yeah, nice reviews. Yeah, it's best. it's it's been a while. So so um, leave a review. Tell Lots us what you kind think. Words on yeah. Twitter and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have fans, we have listeners. I'm just saying, maybe some of you guys could leave reviews. Be honest. <laughs> Be honest. I want honesty more than um, flattery. I'll be I'll be the the point of attack. Like people <laughs> will just be like, "Whoa, this guy's ridiculous." Um, but anyway, thank you, Bob. Love you, man. Yeah, um, I love you too, man. Take thanks for voting on the um, tiny piney trees last night. We'll talk to you soon. Of course, and uh, thank you, everyone. Stay safe. It's getting crazy out there. Sleepy eyes, Todd. Box Populi. Sleepy eyes, Todd. Sleep. Box sleepy Populi. eyes, Todd. Um, we gain no leverage on that. No. no. Nobody knows what we're talking about anymore. No, not, so not really. Good night. See you next week. I'll see you a couple times next week. It's going to be pretty here. Sounds good. I love it. Yeah. All right. I love um, you. Talk, talk to you soon. Stay well, everyone. Be kind to yourself and others.